Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Save the Cowboy. Our goal is that we teach authentic Christianity through the legacy, artistry, and traditions of the Working Ranch Cowboy. Uh, over the 4th of July weekend, or, or week, I should say, I ended up, me and my wife, I had a speaking engagement in Minnow, South Dakota, and so we went to Mount Rushmore. I had never been there before, and so we went up to Mount Rushmore, and we saw that. It was beautiful, and then we headed up to Deadwood, South Dakota. Now, Deadwood, South Dakota is a, bit, is a town built on the legacy of Wild Bill Hickok and Calamity Jane and, and others of, of that era. But that's just one town that is built on the legacy of a handful of people. But every cow town west of the Mississippi has its foundation shaped by the working ranch cowboy in some form or fashion. Uh, from Fort Worth to Dodge City to Abilene to Denver to Cowhand, Colorado, the legacy of the American cowboy has shaped America. But in talking about legacy, Legacy isn't what's left behind whenever you are dead. It is something you build while you are alive. Legacy is the foundation of who you are. And in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, Jesus talks about what it takes to leave a foundation that will last, to leave a legacy that will last. He says, anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rains come and the torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Now, the, the rains and the winds and the torrential floods that he's talking about, man, th those are the stresses in our life. And there's nothing that we can do to avoid those things. But the key that Jesus is saying here is that we don't want to be washed away by this uh, adversity that we face every day. But unless your foundation is on bedrock, is on truth, your stuff is going to have a chance to get blown away. I started my own journey of building the foundation of my legacy on a ranch in South Texas. I went from everything I knew to realizing just how much I didn't know. I was a 19 years old. I was a college student at Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Texas. And uh, a friend of mine showed up and he said, hey, you ever thought about uh, cowboying? You want a cowboy job? I said, absolutely, I want a cowboy job. And he said, well, the ranch I used to run is looking for a cowboy over the summer and possibly beyond if you're interested. So I just packed up everything I had, and I drove from Lubbock, Texas, down to uh, the San Pedro Ranch, which is right on the border of Old Mexico below Carrizo Springs, Texas. And whenever I got there, I realized that I was not uh, – how do I put this – I was out of my comfort zone, you could say. Um, I was the only one that would be working on the ranch full-time that spoke English. 
Now, I thought my Spanish was good, but I, I hate to say it, but my two years of high school Spanish, I could count to 100, but I couldn't communicate. And so it went so far as to say that even my TV didn't speak English. Now I'm going to give away my age here because this is before the direct TV and the satellite and everything like that. Uh, it, we had a little antenna by the bunkhouse that you could get the over the airwaves. And uh, the, the, radio, uh, the TV broadcast came from Piedras Negras, Mexico. So whenever I say that I was the only one on the ranch that, that spoke English... I wasn't joking, even my TV didn't speak English. But whenever I got there, I didn't just step out of my life. Like I said, I stepped out of my comfort zone. Uh, whenever I got there, we walked into the bunkhouse, and I got to meet the three full-time cowboys. It was uh, a guy named Antonio Gallegos, another man named Tomas, and another man um, named Zeferino. They were all from Musquiz, Mexico. And I instantly took a liking to Antonio um, I, I loved Tomas. I don't think the entire time I went there that he ever said one word to me in English or Spanish, but that man spoke to me more than all the others. He was about this tall, just a weathered old cowboy like you would see in any old-time photograph, and I never saw him without a smile upon his face. It didn't matter if we were riding through the pasture in 118-degree weather or we were moving hay in, in the same type of weather. It didn't matter what was going on. Tomas had a smile on his face. But Zeferino, man, he scared me because he had hair down to his back, and, and uh, he just kind of had that mean look. And, you know, it's said don't judge a book by its cover because he ended up being one of the nicest guys that I've ever known, and I learned a lot from him. But while we were there, uh, the guy that got me the job, he was bilingual, and he said, Antonio, you need to tell Kevin the story about your bad horse wreck. And so what commenced next was, was Antonio telling a story, and I, it's kind of like a tennis match. I'm watching Antonio. I understand about every fourth word that he says, or I think I do, and then I look at Mike, and Mike is telling me. So it's kind of back and forth, back and forth, but here's the story. Um, in in Texas, and I haven't seen them much in Colorado. As a matter of fact, I don't know that I've seen one in Colorado. But we have these concrete uh, water troughs out in the pastures and in the pens for cattle. And they're made out of concrete, and they're about two feet wide, and they're about 18 inches deep, something like that. And sometimes they can be 30 foot long, and, and they come. the water comes from the windmill into a big concrete tank, and then the concrete tank feeds the trough, Okay. So there was one of these in a big pen where we gathered cat or where they gathered cattle, and it was Tomas and Antonio and Zeferino in there. And, Tom, and Antonio gets on this horse, and a, as he climbs on, this horse starts bucking with him. Now you have to understand that these concrete pat, these concrete troughs have a have a lip on them, and this horse is bucking and he's going right towards that concrete trough. And when he gets there. He stumbles, and when he stumbles, he tries to run backwards, and whenever he runs backwards, he catches himself, and the horse rears up and falls over on Antonio on top of this concrete trough about this big. Now, if you've never seen a horse fall over on a cowboy, I hope you never do. It is one of the scariest uh, things that can happen. I would rather get bucked off a thousand times and experience that once, but... 
when Antonio fell off, or, or when the horse fell on Antonio, you ever watch a horse roll out in the pasture or in a pen? They get up on their backs, and then they just kind of go like this. Well, that's what happens when a horse is on his back. He just ground Antonio into that concrete trough. And I'm sitting there looking at Mike. I'm looking at Antonio, and I'm wondering if Antonio might be a ghost because there's no reason that a man should be able to survive that. But um, the other cowboys jumped off their horses, and they ran over to him. And about this time, uh, Zeferino chimes in, and he starts telling the story from his vantage point because Antonio didn't know what happened next. And so Zeferino starts talking, and he said, and I, and I love this about those cowboys. I, I absolutely love this, is that he said that when we got off our horses, it was such a bad horse wreck that we were already crying because we knew that Antonio had been killed. There's no way anybody could survive that type of horse wreck. So no matter how I describe it, you can always say that it was 10 times more than that. And they got off their horses and they ran. And Antonio is laying half out of the concrete water trough and his head is underwater. Now it took them a second to get to him and they pulled him out and I love the fact that they were crying. It means that they cared. And um, so Zeferino stops telling his story. And he just says, finally, he sat there for a second. He goes, we thought Antonio was dead. And he said, we were laying there and we didn't know what to do. This is before cell phones. There's, there's not a phone within, you know, two miles. And they don't know what to do. Antonio's not breathing. Nothing is happening, and they're laying there, and, and these big, tough cowboys are admitting right in front of me that they're crying, that their friend has been killed, and all of a sudden, Antonio coughs, <coughs> and water comes out of his mouth, and he opens up his eyes, and one of the cowboys, through uh, tear-filled eyes, reached down, and they hugged him, and they said, Antonio, we thought you were dead, and Antonio opened up his eyes, and reaches up and touches the man on his cheek and says, no, I'm not dead. It was at this point that a 19-year-old white kid that didn't speak Spanish is wondering, where am I? Okay, because I'm not, I mean, I, I like to think of myself as a tough cowboy and my dad, you know, I'd come from the Rocker B Ranch that maybe some of you have, have seen on the Western, uh, in the Western Horsemen and stuff. My dad was a cowboy out there, and I wouldn't say I was a cowboy out there because I just kind of helped dad. But this was above and beyond anything that I had ever seen. I'd seen people get bucked off and get back on and all the other proverbial stuff, but this type of strength, I didn't know anything about. And so I'm sitting there, and there's like this lull in the conversation, and I looked at Mike, and I said, well, what happened next? And uh, Antonio said, well, and, and I, I'm translating for you because he said this in Spanish. He said, well, I was hurt real bad. The, uh, the other two cowboys, they had to carry me to the bunkhouse and they put me in my bed. They didn't take him to the hospital. They put him in his bed, right? And, and I'm just sitting there wide-eyed. I'm about to go get in the truck and leave, okay? If this is the outfit I'm working on. But he said, they put me in bed and I couldn't move. He said, I was hurt real bad. I wasn't able to go to work until the next day. <laughs> he, 
<laughs> we have not stepped out of my life into the comfort zone. Now we're in the twilight zone, okay? I, I mean, that, that type of strength and everything is just beyond me. But you know what most people, most people would have quit right then. And I'm not going to lie to you. I seriously thought about standing up saying, nice to meet you, and getting in the truck and going back to West Texas. But I didn't. See, that story lit a fire in me. It was then that I knew that I truly wanted to be a working ranch cowboy. Where most people try to avoid the wind and rains and floods of life, I wanted to meet these challenges head first. To be able to build a foundation on stone, not on sand. One that couldn't be washed away at the first sign of adversity. I wanted to be the type of man that could have something like that happen, doing his job, and get up the next day and go. And I knew that it wouldn't be easy. So what is the foundation of the working ranch cowboy? Foundation is a legacy, and we've already talked about legacy is, is not something that starts at the end of your life. It's something that you build until you're gone. There's three foundations of a working ranch cowboy that I think that we can all learn something from. The first is a legacy is founded on the principle of believing in something bigger than yourself. Think about that. A legacy is founded on the principle of believing in something that is bigger than yourself. It is the proverbial writing for the brand. In a world of selfies, we have to learn to be selfless. You can't be a good cowboy. You can't be a working ranch cowboy if you're always focused on yourself. A legacy is founded on the principles of believing in something bigger than yourself. The need for purpose, meaning, and transcendence. To live for something greater than yourself is the only way to become a greater version of yourself. Think about that. To live for something greater than yourself is the only way to become a greater version of yourself. It is the giving of yourself where you find yourself. Now, the world today teaches the total opposite. They, they teach you all of this stuff, and I'm not saying that all of it is bad. But we are saying, y'all did pretty good. That's all I can say. I thought that was going. So anyway, uh, to, to, to focus on something bigger than yourself is what is important. Stephen, uh, I love the, the uh, quote by a man named Dale E. Page talking about a legacy founded on the principle of believing in something bigger than yourself. Dale Page says this, For a few short years we were pleased to live as the luckiest of men. We enjoyed the best that this life can give because we were cowboys then. I absolutely love that. It is the best life, but it is not a life that can be lived selfishly. We do not go out every day thinking about how we're going to feel about something. As a matter of fact, most cowboys that, that, that work for a ranch on a living, Abe's here and, and there's others. We have the Long X Ranch. These true cowboys that go out there and do it for a living every day, they love their lives. But if you were to ask Abe, do you like going out and checking the farm? He's going to say no. Do you love to check the fence? He's going to say no. Do you love doing this? He's going to say a lot of no's, but that cumulative effect of giving himself away is what they love. To be a part of something that is bigger than yourself. On the ranch at the San Pedro, we had three or four very, very large herds of cattle that we would 
move on a rotational grazing management method. So we were moving cattle every single day on, on one or two parts of the ranch. And one day we got, we, we started early that morning and about 1030, we got over to the place where we were putting them in the next pasture. And I kept looking up because it was me and it was Antonio and it was Zephyrino. There was no Tomas. Now, I still didn't speak Spanish good at this point, and so I kept looking around trying to see where Tomas was, and he was nowhere to be found. So when we finally pushed the last cow through the gate, I asked Antonio, I said, I, said, uh, I, I could remember one word from my high school Spanish is where, and so I said, Donde Tomas? And Antonio took a deep breath, and he looked down. And in his broken English, see, I was helping him learn English. He was helping me learn Spanish. And in half English and half Spanish, he told me, he said, Tomas, his horse fell with him, and he's bleeding out in the pasture. We have to go get him help. And yet we're just riding along like nothing is going on. And I'm like, what in the world? Who are these people? And so we get the gate closed, and I'm getting ready. And, and I look up, and we start walking our horses down the road. And I'm like, Antonio. He's like, what? I said, Tomas, he'll be okay. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with you people? And all of a sudden I see this dust cloud start coming up and here comes the truck and the trailer. And I said, did you call somebody? He said, for what? And I said, Tomas is hurt. Tomas tiene dolor. You know, Tomas is in pain. He looked at me and he goes, I was just joking with you. He went to get the trailer. <laughs> the second foundational truth that we can learn from the working ranch cowboy is a legacy is founded on the attitude that everything is going to be okay. A legacy is founded on the attitude that everything is going to be okay. You know, I saw a quote the other day that said, we owe our very existence to the fact that there is six inches of topsoil and that it rains. You think about that. Everything that we eat besides Cheez-Its comes from six inches of topsoil and the fact that it rains. Very little is under our control. I mean, most of our life, there is nothing, I mean, there's very, very little that is under our control. And isn't that the definition of stress? Isn't stress a reaction to things that we can't control? Jesus said it perfectly in Matthew 7 that we read. He said, man, if you build your house on solid bedrock, when the winds and the rains and the floods come, it will last. But if you build your house on sand, when they come, everything will be washed away. See, our legacy is shaped by our attitude, not in response to how others treat us, but in our determination in the face of things that we cannot control. You know, and, and, and I'm not going to sit up here and be hypocritical and say to y'all that I haven't felt like this before, but have y'all ever heard the, the comment or the attitude that says, my attitude deter is determined by how you treat me? If you treat me good, I'll treat you good. Man, that is hogwash. Man, why would you give somebody the reins to your life that just says, I will react however you want me to. You pull my strings and I will dance a jig for you because how you treat me is how I'm going to respond. That is the exact opposite of what Jesus said. He said, don't worry about what everybody else does. If you only love those that love you, what credit do you get? 
anybody can do that. But can you love those that hate you? Can you love those that persecute you? Can you be the bigger man is the question that Jesus is asking. A legacy is founded on the principle of believing in something bigger than yourself. It is also founded on the attitude that everything is going to be okay. We don't have control. We can't really control that it rains on the whole ranch. We may be able to control how much water a little field gets, but we have to understand that everything is going to be okay. It doesn't mean it's going to be okay if nothing bad happens. Even if a horse falls on you in a water trough and mashes you nearly to death, everything is going to be okay. I got to know Antonio over the years, and the more I got to know him, the more I admired him. This man from Musquis, Mexico, worked seven days a week and went home to Mexico for three weeks during Christmas and three weeks during graduation. All six kids had birthdays in either September or February, and if you don't understand that, talk to your parents. But you know what he did seven days a week? You know the reason he did that, why he spent so much time away from his family? He put six children all the way through college, and every single one of them had a college degree and went on to become what we would term in our eyes successful. That is what Antonio built seven days a week, except for three weeks on Christmas and three weeks around graduation whenever he would go back to see one of his kids graduate from high school or college later on. A cowboy legacy is founded on sacrifice, and that's what Antonio did. He sacrificed himself away from his family, not so, not so that he would die, but so that he could give them a life that he would not be able to provide down there. He was the epitome, the very definition of what I call a man. A true cowboy is one that does what needs to be done without regard to the way he feels about it. That's what sacrifice is. You know, a lot of times we think about sacrifice as being final, but it's not. True sacrifice isn't about giving up but it's about never giving in, never, never bowing to your emotions or how you feel about something, but doing the right thing every single time, not if it's convenient, not if it's simple, not if it's easy. It means living a life for something bigger than yourself. It's understanding that by doing so, that everything is going to be okay, that it's never going to be easy, that your life is going to be filled with adversity. But by sacrifice, you can live a life worthy of who you would like to become. You know, sacrifice isn't about something ending. It is the act of ensuring that what you do is enduring. Let me say that one more time, just in case you missed it. Sacrifice isn't about something ending. It is the act of ensuring that what you do will endure. A cowboy's sacrifice is made up of two key elements that anybody can learn from anybody. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what physical shape you're in. I don't care what mental shape you're in. I don't care what your job is or where you came from or where you think you're going. A cowboy's sacrifice is made up of two key elements that anyone can learn from. And those two key elements are confidence and kindness. See, confidence is the balance between recklessness and cowardice. 
Confidence isn't just going out there and, and, and doing something stupid and reckless. It's not that. But it's also not being a coward. It's the balance between recklessness and cowardice. Confidence is not the courage of the moment, but, overcoming, but the overcoming of fear every single day. That's what confidence is. The second key is kindness. And I'm going to say something right now that unless you have heard me before, you're going to question my sanity. Jesus never called Christians to be nice. As a matter of fact, I will challenge you that if you do call yourself a Christian, that you quit being nice. Let me explain. Jesus never once asked us to be nice. He commanded us to be kind, and there's a difference. You see, nice is like manners. It's like if I were to meet one of you afterwards, if you're a lady, I'm going to take my hat off. If you're a man, I'm going sh- to look you in the eye and shake your hand with a firm grip. It's holding the door open for a lady. It's saying, yes, ma'am, or no, sir. Those are all manners, and they're all real nice. But Jesus didn't come to live a perfect life and die an excruciating death on the cross to make you a nice person. He, he, call, he came to live a life and commanded us to be kind because, see, kindness is the opposite of nice. Here's why. Being nice doesn't cost you anything. It costs you absolutely nothing to be nice, but it costs everything to be kind. To be that type of person that will treat others not the way they treat them, but as a reflection of the foundation, the legacy that they have built inside them. That will cost you everything. And you know what it means when something costs you everything? That means you will have to make a sacrifice. In Romans chapter 12, Paul talks about this. He says, Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. Not that you can die once, but so that what you are building will endure until the end. Jesus never said that we were to be nice. He commanded us to be kind. Nice is usually dependent upon the other person. Kindness depends upon you. It is who you are, a reflection of what you want to be and who you want to be. And the other thing is, You can be confident without being kind. It's called arrogance. And you can be kind without being confident. And that's a pushover. But you combine those two key elements of the working ranch cowboy, the confidence and the kindness. The animals we work with, they don't care. I've never had a group of cows come up to me and thank me for checking the water afterwards or fixing the fence. And I guarantee you, some of the rank horses I've rode never thanked me for their training, but we do it anyway. In the end, what will you have built? That's my question. What will you have built? God's word, Jesus's words to be exact, has given us a blueprint for the foundation of legacy. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, Jesus says, Three things will last forever. If something's going to last forever, it's got to be on solid bedrock. That is where you build it. It's not in how well you rope. It's not on how well you ride. I don't care how many uh, cattle you can rope or how far you can long trot or how well you can shoot balloons. I don't care what it is. Jesus says three things will last forever, and that is the blueprint 
for a foundation of legacy. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And that's what I've been telling y'all about this whole time was those three foundational truths of faith, which is believing in something bigger than yourself, of hope, which is the attitude that everything is going to be okay, not that everything is going to be simple and not that everything is going to be easy, that everything is going to be okay. And the last, but the greatest of these is love. These three things are the bedrock that we build our lives upon. And Jesus himself said that love, he gave this definition. Greater love has no one than this, that he give up his life for his friends. Will you give up your life? Will you offer yourself as a living sacrifice? Not so that you can be some pansy, nice Christian that never says a bad word or anything, but that treats people with kindness that treats people like they are people, that treats people the way you would want to be treated. That is the definition of love. That is the definition of sacrifice. They don't call, Jesus never said that dying to self was going to be a carousel ride. He said it would be a lifelong journey in pursuit of becoming something greater than you could ever become on your own. One morning we got up. And we saddled up, and Antonio saddled this big, big sorrel horse. And he had me saddle a little bay colt that only had a couple of rides on him. His name was Atravido. And he had a hackamore rig with a macade. And what a macade is, is it had like a single rein that came back to me and then a long lead rope attached to the bosol or the hackamore. And, and whenever Antonio got on, he pulled Atravido's face up next to his uh, leg, and he wrapped that lead rope around his saddle horn. We call it snubbing. And he told me, get on. And so I got on. And of course, Atrevido tried to buck me off, but there was little that he could do with his, you know, lead rope being attached to Antonio's saddle. And I said, what do you want me to do, Antonio? And he said, I want you to do two things. You sit there and be quiet. Well, I wasn't very good at either one of those things. And so I started to ask questions and he gave me the look that told me I should sit there and be quiet. And so we started going out to the pasture, and we got to this long barbed wire fence. And he said, you want to know what we're going to do? I said, I'd love to know what we're going to do. He said, we're going to teach this horse how to woe. I said, teach this horse how to woe? He said, yes. I said, how are we going to do that? And he said, you're going to do it by sitting there and being quiet. So I took a deep breath, and I sat there, and he started trotting off. Well, of course, I, he still had the lead rope, the makate wrapped around his uh, saddle horn. And so we started trotting off, and, and uh, we kind of got to a speed, and he tried to pick it up a little bit, and Atrevido was kind of setting back on the halter. And so he told me, he said, okay, you do now a third thing, kick him. And so I kicked him, and so we started going a little faster and a little faster and a little faster and a little faster. And as we got faster, I saw Antonio, he would take a coil off and put a little bit of a distance between me and him. And before I know it, we are running like secretariat down this barbed wire fence. I mean, just as fast as these horses could go. And Antonio only had about this much rain left in his hand. I'm about where that speaker is, and we are flying. And all of a sudden, I see Antonio. He looks over at me and smiles. It was the most horrifying thing I've ever seen in my life because I didn't know what was fixing to happen, but I knew something was fixing to happen. He took about two wraps of that big cotton lead rope that was attached to my pony, and he pulled back on the reins of his horse, and he said, 
whoa. And that horse sat down, and me and Atrevido, we, whoo, we went flying past him. And if you've ever been to a Save the Cowboy, get ready for what happens next. Because if you want to know what happens next, you'll have to log on and watch us n- next week. You can join us in person every Sunday at 8.30 and 10.15 in Kiowa, Colorado at the Elbert County Fairgrounds. There are a few times of the year that we are not there. If we are not there, we are at Save the Cowboys Long X Ranch where we raise beef to give away to needy families. Last year, we gave over 1,500 pounds of meat away that we raise right there on the ranch. This year, we're building a shop that was donated with a walk-in cooler, and we hope to double that to three to 5,000 pounds of meat where these working ranch cowboys will have a purpose to believe in something that's bigger than themselves. So if we are not at the fairgrounds next week, we will be, or we'll be at the fairgrounds next week. But if we're not at the fairgrounds, we have service at the Long X Ranch. Regardless of where we are at, we live stream. Every single Sunday, you can watch us at SaveTheCowboy.com, or you can watch us on Facebook that's going on right now. Also, right here in, Col- or in Colorado Springs, our services are uh, broadcast uh, every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. At 10 on 7.80 a.m. We would love for you to join us, and I appreciate y'all's attention, and I pray that y'all will begin a foundation, a legacy that will be able to withstand all of the stresses of this life. I never said it would be easy, but it really is that simple. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for being who you are and affording us the opportunity to ride for your brand. Only you can make us into the men and women we've always wanted to be. You have provided the blueprint for our legacy through faith, hope, and love that can only be obtained through your Son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and became the first to rise again. He opened the narrow gate to your outfit, and anyone who calls on him and gives their life to him may come in and live forever. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Have you ever dreamed of being a cowboy? Do you long to ride for the brand? If you're one of those rare individuals, then we at Save the Cowboy have something just for you. We believe that you are capable of more than you ever imagined. We are offering you the chance to ride for the Lord and Save the Cowboys Long X Ranch. We can show you how to be stronger, go further, and ride harder than you ever thought possible. And you know what? We just happen to have a spot for a cowboy. You ready to saddle up? A Long X Ranch cowboy is a person wanting to take their relationship with God to the next level. Our cowboys strive to live a life worthy of their calling and help save the cowboy gather the lost and bring back those that have strayed away. Are you ready to take the outside? If so, go to SaveTheCowboy.com and sign up today. We'll be waiting on you.